Meetups with Mediators, a podcast brought to you by the Columbus Bar Association. I'm your host, Veronica Craver. This is a podcast for both mediators and attorneys who represent clients at mediation. The goal is to provide takeaways to help you make your next mediation your best mediation. Today's topic is, what's it like to be a new mediator? So, I've been a mediator now for about six years, and over the years, I've received a number of emails or phone calls from folks um, locally interested in mediation and and wanting to know about um, how I got into mediation and what's it like to be a mediator. So I thought for today's topic, I thought it would be helpful um, to do something a little bit different. So uh, my guest for today is Catherine Kanapke, and she is a new mediator. And what I thought I would do is ask her a few questions, and then also uh, she's going to ask me a few questions. So we kind of have uh, two different perspectives, perspectives from both a new mediator and then also um, from myself, uh, someone who's mediated a few hundred cases and has mediated for the past about five to six years. So with that, Catherine, uh, thanks for being on the show and welcome to Meetups with Mediators. Fantastic. Thanks for having me, Veronica. I'm excited to be here. So let's get things kicked off. Um, So one thing I've noticed about the field of mediation is that it really draws people from a variety of backgrounds. So there really is no one-size-fits-all set of experiences that qualifies someone to be a mediator. Um, And I know that you've got a very interesting background. So for all of our listeners, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your professional background? Yeah, so I think the biggest surprise to me in getting into mediation is that you don't have to have a law degree um, to to do it. Uh, And that was, I think, the biggest surprise to me. My background is in nursing. I'm a registered nurse, um, primarily worked as a psych nurse um, for an adolescent psychiatric inpatient unit um, and was trained in therapeutic crisis intervention or TCI training. And what that is, it's essentially how to de-escalate a patient that is going off the rails, that's in a severe crisis. How do you de-escalate them before you have to start using measures to restrain um, or keep them from hurting themselves? More of those physical measures that can be pretty traumatic. Um, So that was my big training um, and a lot about what interested me in my current role now. I work as the chief operating officer at the American Negotiation Institute um, and do trainings on negotiation and conflict resolution. Well, and that sounds like um, a really interesting background. And uh, I know sometimes just even in my own mediations, I mean, I mediate you know, civil cases, uh, but sometimes there are some really heated emotions. Uh, sometimes I'm seeing people in different stages of crisis, I think. So I imagine your background is really helpful in, in sort of knowing what to say, how to say it, to try to deescalate situations. Um, so that's really awesome. So can you tell us you know, a little bit more, how did you learn about mediation? So um, through the director of the American Negotiation Institute, Kwame Christian, he uh, practices as a mediator um, here in Columbus and was looking for ways to get more involved, to keep up my skills um, and get more practice as a negotiator since my background isn't in negotiation or conflict resolution. Um, And he told me about the mediation um, training that is offered here in Columbus. Um, And of course, my first question was, well, don't I have to be a lawyer to do that? And no, you don't. And so my basic 
mediation training when I went through it, I think there were only probably two lawyers in a room of maybe 20 or so people. Everybody else was like social work. Um, we had some people that were in education. Um, and so it's a wide variety of backgrounds in just learning how to um, help those conversations, those really hard, difficult conversations when emotions are high without having to result to more extreme measures. Because I think people often forget that there are steps that you can take and there are things that you can do before it has to be 100% extreme. And I, I'm glad that you mentioned Kwame. We should give a quick shout out. Um, so Kwame was actually uh, on one of our previous episodes. Uh, I believe he did one um, maybe about a year ago or so about uh, compassionate curiosity. So for any of you uh, who are listeners of the show, if you haven't already listened to that one, definitely should. Um, but yeah, I think that's a very common uh, misperception about mediation is that uh, you know by virtue of having a law degree that that automatically qualifies someone to be a mediator. And um, there are two very different skills. Like I do happen to be an attorney, but I tell folks all the time, you know, the way that I learned to be a mediator was actually through my mediation training um, that I took after law school. So, um, and, and in fact, I mean, when I was a new mediator, uh, I was mentored by someone who was not an attorney. Uh, she had had a very long career in sales, and she's the most phenomenal mediator that I've ever seen. So, um, I mean, yeah, there's, there's different ways to come to mediation. And I think I've said it before. I mean, the, the interesting thing about the field of mediation is that it really is an interdisciplinary field. And we encounter people in varying stages of crisis, um, you know, varying types of conflict. So to the extent that you've got experience in another area, um, you know, that, that can definitely be helpful. Well, I think you might have touched on this. Um, you'd mentioned the, the mediation training. Um, can you tell us a little bit more? Where did you do your mediation training? Yeah, so it's downtown in Columbus um, through, I think it's the community mediation. We have a local nonprofit, mm -hmm. community mediation services. Mm -hmm. um, you just go online to their website and they offer different levels of training. So if you're wanting to do something more direct, you can do like the basic medi mediation training, which is what I did, um, all the way to, I know they have like domestic um, and family relations. Um, that it requires some additional training that you can go through if, if that's what you're looking for as well. Um, but yeah, a couple, it's like two or three days long, um, eight hours, and then you have the training. And, and that's actually the same training that I took uh, years ago. I think before we started recording, we were chit-chatting um, just about how I got into mediation as well. And another interesting thing is you don't really find like big mediation practices like you might in other fields, right? So sometimes it's just hard to know, you know, once you find that this thing called mediation exists and you find out that you're interested in it, the next question is, well, how do I get into it? Um, so yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's the exact same training that I went to. Um, and, and, and there are various places throughout town that provide training as well, um, but that's the one that I started at as well. So can you tell us, um, so what's the hardest part about being a new mediator? The hardest part I think about being a new mediator is that I don't have all the experience. There are still situations that come up and I'm uncertain of, okay, what do I say or how do I work through this? Um, and for me, it's this fear of 
am I going to say something wrong and make it worse? Um, and I've talked to some other, some law students actually that have gone through the mediation training and are, are wanting to do uh, dispute resolution. Um, and that is also one of their biggest concerns. It's this, I'm new to this. I am afraid I'm going to make it worse. Um, and so I think that's the hardest part is just taking that first step of, well, I have the training. I know how to do it. It's going to be okay. And I think I used to worry about that too um, until at some point I just suddenly realized, well, you know, mediation is meant to be an alternative to the traditional courtroom setting. So it's meant to be more informal. And once I just told myself, well, this is a conversation. Um, and so I've noticed, you know, I say the same thing to parties who participate in mediation for the first time, because they will worry about the same thing. They will think, well, what about if I don't say something this way or if I say it the wrong way? And I tell them, just like I used to tell myself, just say it again. If it doesn't come out right the first time around, just try it again. And that's what I think at least um, appeals to me about mediation is that it is a flexible process. It is an informal process. And uh, you don't have to be perfect right out the gate. Um, so that's what I think is pretty interesting. I think also realizing that, you know, even though the situations might be different, emotions come across widely the same. Um, if you look across the board from children all the way up to adults, you have the same basic emotions that come out. They may sound different. People say different things, but those same underlying and basic emotions are there and you are trained on how to deal with those. So if you can just apply those principles across the board, you'll know how to get through it. And so drawing on your previous experience as a, a psych nurse, I mean, are there any tips that you can give to, to newer mediators, like to the extent that they find people in crisis in mediation or, or very upset, very angry? Um, I mean, what is, what's your like go-to next step when you encounter someone who is, is pretty angry? Well, the biggest step is figuring out what, that anger is covering for. So a lot of times anger is a secondary emotion. So maybe they are afraid of something or maybe they're actually really sad, but it's coming across as aggression. Um, you know, my experience with working with adolescents that are in crisis in a psychiatric unit, they're going through a lot of trauma. There's a lot of fear about, you know, what's next for them. There's a lot of pain and sadness and those mental health issues um, that can be shown externally as anger. Um, so it's really figuring out what is that underlying issue? Um, cause they might be yelling about something and that's really not the problem. Um, so they might be having frustration that their sibling took the TV remote or something like that. And that's really not what's actually making them angry. It's more, Hey, you called me a name and that really hurt my feelings. So that's, you know, as you were uh, answering that, you know, I started to think the really interesting thing about the field of mediation and doing work as a mediator is that um, it really sort of encourages you to also keep up with whatever profession, whatever field you were in prior to doing mediation. Keep up on that, too, because that can be really beneficial 
to your practice as a mediator. Whereas, you know, if you think about some other fields, if you're looking to move from one field to the next, maybe sometimes you kind of have to leave that previous field behind. But it sounds like what you're saying with just your background um, as a psych nurse is that, I mean, that sort of information is going to help you moving forward. And regardless of what type of mediation that you're doing, because emotions are emotions. And like you're saying, whether it's a child, whether it's an adult, there's still a certain element that is consistent throughout. Uh, so that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, are you able to tell us, I mean, now that you've done your basic mediation training, um, I mean, what are you doing now to continue to develop as a mediator? Mm -hmm. So that's a, a little bit more tricky. Um, the the goal uh, was to get more experience for a lot of the negotiation trainings that I do. Um, so we take on some clients. The American Negotiation Institute will take on a very select number of cases, uh, and I get to work on those. So I get practice through that. Um, I get practice through all the training and um, in the workshops that we run. We usually add, depending on the amount of time that we have, most of the times we'll include a role-playing exercise for people to experience what it's like to negotiate and use the skills that they've learned. Um, and in a negotiation, it's very similar to a mediation, uh, even though there's not that person in the middle, um, but afterwards we'll debrief and try to figure out, okay, what went wrong? Uh, what could I have done better? Um, and so it really helps me keep up on those skills and practice those skills and be better as a negotiator myself um, because I'm able to not be so reactive or so afraid when I'm seeing emotions come at me from the other side. And I'm really glad you mentioned negotiation training because actually when I uh, do my mediations more and more when I'm describing mediation to people, the way I will describe it to people is as assisted negotiation. Uh, so that's that's really interesting and I, I picked up on there too. It sounds like you do a lot of role playing with your parties. I mean, uh, that's actually, that's a really great way that I learned too as a newer mediator, just actually practicing uh, because I'm sure you found the same thing, Catherine, when after you take your training and then you actually go and mediate a case, um, a real case with real people. I mean, there's a big difference between sort of knowing the theory behind everything and then actually seeing it in action and knowing what to say and how to respond and whether to keep parties in the same room or separate rooms and so on. Um, so, yeah, it sounds like it sounds like you're doing a lot of a lot of really cool stuff to continue um, learning as a mediator and and um, that sort of thing. Well, to sort of switch gears, what I would thought I could do, uh, like I mentioned at the outset, um, is maybe have you ask me a few questions so our listeners can get uh, both perspectives from you know newer mediator and then also someone who's who's done it for a few years now. Um, so I'll, I'll toss the mic to you. Fantastic. <laughs> I, I will gladly hijack the show um, and be the host of this awesome podcast. Uh, so. First, starting, what areas do you see as the most challenging for new mediators? Yeah, so I think there's a couple different uh, areas. So one uh, is really writing agreements. So I think the most helpful phrase that I learned, and maybe this will sound familiar to you too, because it sounds like we both did the same training, is uh, when writing an agreement, being able to succinctly but accurately describe um, who's going to do what, where, by when, and for how long. 
And that's one thing I've noticed um, to the extent that I've encountered uh, newer mediators is maybe they just haven't had as much practice um, putting together those sorts of agreements. And it, it, it makes sense because you're new to mediation. Um, but, you know, when parties get to the point of reaching an agreement, uh, it is important just to have all those details because many times the reason why they wound up in mediation was because of a lack of clarity. And so uh, the way I see it is our role as a mediator, if we're going to help parties write an agreement, it's to provide some clarity so everyone knows who's going to do what, where, by, when, and for how long. And it's really just repeating that phrase to myself. That's what's really helped me write agreements that are clear, write agreements that are workable, uh, and that hopefully benefit the parties. But the other area I was going to say, too, is um, so the vast, vast majority of my experience is in court-connected mediation programs, which means that I'm mediating um, pending court cases. And so um, while a mediator, you know, our, our court uses the facilitative mediation style, so we don't provide any sort of evaluation or prediction, and a mediator doesn't advise anyone, but I've found an order to really be able to effectively mediate pending court cases, you've got to know a little bit about like procedural options for the case. You've got to know, you've got to know a little bit about like the process for the particular case, um, just so that you know what questions to ask. So that's one thing I would say too is, you know, if anyone out there is a newer mediator and looking to mediate pending court cases, I mean, maybe you start learning just kind of some basic process info. Not that you're going to give anyone, you're not going to give anyone advice, but at least just so that you know what the case is about so that you can ask questions to hopefully um, help people resolve the case if they decide to reach that sort of agreement. Great. And I mean, that brings me to my next question. So say somebody is wanting to work in more court cases, court mediations, how can they kind of get that experience? What do they need to do in order to kind of develop those skills? Yeah, so that's a more tricky question. And I think that's at least the challenging part of um, what I've experienced in this field is that there are there's an ample amount of interest. There are a lot of people who are interested in mediation, but sometimes beyond that first initial training, sometimes it can be hard to get, get those mediations, get that sort of experience. So um, like, for example, you know, at one time our court did use volunteers. Um, however, now we currently don't use volunteers. Um, so the only, uh, the mediators that we are using are either full-time staff, uh, we've got a group of contractors, and then also we have arrangements with the local law schools that um, have students mediate for us within the, the context of their mediation courses. Um, but other courts, they might have some volunteering, that I'm not sure. But I mean, I would say if you are interested in trying to do court-connected mediation, you know, maybe just pick up the phone or send an email to the administrators of those court programs and, and just inquire. I mean, do they... Um, do they have a need for any volunteer mediators or if they don't have a need for volunteer mediators, like do they ever, you know, allow um, aspiring mediators to shadow or um, are they interested in having a conversation with you? Like I've had people just sort of cold contact me um, and I've, I've done like a sit down meeting with them and just told them about my experience. But that's what I would say is just 
don't be afraid to ask, right? I mean, you never, you never know what the answer will be. So um, just pick up the phone and contact people. I love that you say just ask as somebody with, uh, I'll shamelessly plug in my podcast here, Ask With Confidence. And we talked about getting over the fear, your episode, my episode with you, talking about just starting where you need to start and just asking. And you have to take that first step in order to ask. Um, and so a lot of times we assume that, we can't do something or that the answer is going to be no, but you never know until you ask. So I, I love that you put that in there. It makes my heart warm. <laughs> and I'm glad that was purposeful. So I'm glad that you picked up on that because I was going to ask you anyways um, to, to plug your show. So thank, so thank you. Thank you for plugging. <laughs> <laughs> so for other, just mediation in general, what can people do to continue to develop those skills? So actually, the the thing that I have done most recently is, is thanks to a mutual friend of ours, uh, Kwame Christian. So um, when I initially met Kwame a few years ago, he had told me that he reads a book a week about uh, various like negotiation related topics. So about like negotiation, about psychology, um, those sorts of topic areas. And I remember once I heard that, it sort of inspired me to start sort of on my own journey of continuous learning. And I'm not up to a book a week. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not that good or anything, but it's, I think that I have learned the most um, as a mediator, in addition to co-mediating with others when I was a newer mediator and, and picking the brains of other more experienced mediators. Like I would ask them, um, you know, why did you say this or why did you say that? I mean, that was phenomenal. And I'm, I'm glad I had access to those sorts of resources early on. Um, now, though, what I found really helpful is reading about other fields. Because like we talked about at the beginning, I mean, this is one field that is interdisciplinary. And I notice, especially the more and more that I try to incorporate um, just things that I've picked up about psychology uh, so I'm glad that you mentioned that at the beginning, you know, um, I found that really helpful because especially as a facilitative mediator, I don't make an evaluation. Uh, I don't make a prediction. So what I have left is, you know, I kind of liken my assistance to two sayings. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. <laughs> and timing is everything. And what I found is in reading about psychology and different uh, cognitive biases, that's really impacted like how I frame things or how quickly I ask parties for proposals or do I have them together in joint session or separate in caucus, those sorts of things. So that's what I would really recommend is, um, you know, if you have access to some more experienced mediators um, who are able to spend some time with you and and let you pick their brain, do that, because that was incredibly valuable to me at the beginning. If you're able to co-mediate, do that. If you're able to shadow, do that. Um, but also, don't forget about just reading about other fields and, and you know, what works in other fields, because um, that can be very valuable to the process as well. I love it. And also like to add, and I'm by no means an expert, so take it for what it is, but um, practice, you know, conflict is everywhere. There's always opportunities to practice those skills and use those skills, um, even if it's not in an official mediation capacity or mediation setting. Um, just continuously using those skills um, is very helpful and can give you the 
more developing or develop your skills more. Um, I'll help with that. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's one of the things um, I remember thinking as well in my intro or, or basic mediation training is these skills are just good life skills, you know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, thanks for mentioning that. Absolutely. And so what is the most challenging part of mediation for you as an experienced mediator? So I think at this point, it's really um, avoiding burnout. So, I mean, I, kind of the, the saying I tell folks is, well, you know, when I see folks, um, no one's coming down to see me to tell me about like the great vacation that they just came back from, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm pretty much professionally only interacting pe with people when something has gone wrong, right? Uh, something has aggravated them, something has not met their expectations. And so sometimes to only see people in that sort of setting, um, I mean, sometimes like it, it can really get to me. So that's where over the years I have learned, um, you know, maybe maybe I don't mediate every single day. Like maybe I build into my schedule some time where I can do like some other activities. So I've got a little bit of a break or um, I've also learned over the years to meditate, you know, uh, just have some quiet time to think uh, so that I'm not, internalizing everything because I've learned like in order for me to be effective for every single mediation, um, I've got to take care of my own mental energy as well. So I think that's been a real challenge for me, especially over like the last like year or so is just trying to learn ways to still take care of myself so that I can be, you know, of help and service to others. Hugely important. I'm a big uh, advocate for self-care and taking care of your own um, needs. Kind of like they recommend on an airplane, put on your oxygen mask first before somebody else's because you're useless if right. you're not taking care of yourself. And I'm sure as a nurse, you can relate too, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's another, another helping profession. Um, so, yeah. My final question is going to be, what is your favorite thing about being a mediator? Now that you've done tons. Yeah, I think uh, it's both the flexibility and um, the opportunity to be creative. So uh, what I like is that really no mediation is the same. Um, and you're only really limited by your creativity. And so I think that's what I like about it is that, um, you know, there's, there's a, a few guidelines and rules to follow. But for the most part, I mean, for example, the way that the Ohio Uniform Mediation Act defines mediation, it's very broad. I mean, I think it's to paraphrase literally something that says like mediation is any process which helps people reach agreement. So that's fantastic because like in our mediation program, we'll mediate in person, by phone, or even online. Um, and so I think that's what I like most about mediation is that it's flexible and it allows um, not only for creativity from the mediator, but also from the parties themselves. I love it. All right. Well, um, before we wrap things up, so I, I, I tend to ask all of our guests, um, so I wanted to ask you as well, can you share a fun fact about yourself? Ooh. Um, my go-to fun fact about myself is that I lived in England 
for a year. Very cool. Still maintain very close friendships. I'll be going in October for a wedding. Um, was there last April for a wedding and then we'll have another wedding next year. Um, so yeah, I think that's, um, and I lived on a, a beef farm or yeah, beef farm, um, for most of my stay there. So as a city person grown up in Columbus, my entire life, uh, that was a huge change. Um, and so, yeah, well, that's very cool. Well, I guess to ask a follow-up to that, do you mind sharing? Like, how did, how did that all come about? Like, how did you move to England for a year to live on a beef farm? Like, how did that happen? That's yeah. awesome. So, um, I mean, that's a, a very long winded story, but I will give the cliff notes version. Um, my high school had the international baccalaureate program and um students that had taken it before said you basically sell your soul in order to do this program it's just very intense work and me being the overachiever that i am decided i want to do that but i want an incentive to do it so that way it doesn't feel as much like work um and so the program originated in england um, in the uk Long story short, that didn't happen because it's mostly in boarding schools and that costs about a college tuition to go. And I wasn't really looking for that at that time. Um, so I just ended up doing public school and worked it out that my credits would transfer. And so um, the program that I was with put us with host families. And one of the host families that I uh, was with ended up having a beef farm, about 70 to 80 um, beef cows. And so I got to do things like help birth a calf and Whoa. drive the tractor and all these things that, you know, other kids in the program didn't get to experience. And also for me, I mean, living in the city my whole life never got to do. So it was a lot of fun. Very cool. Very mm -hmm. cool. Well, that's very interesting. Well, hey, Catherine, this has been so much fun. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that um, you were able to come on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I am excited to have the opportunity and um, hope New Mediators got a lot out of it. Very cool. And hey, thank you for letting me kind of turn the tables and have you um, host part of this as well. I absolutely enjoyed it. I would do it anytime you want me to hijack uh, your your podcast. I will gladly, gladly do it. Very cool. And can we give one more plug for your podcast? Yeah. So the podcast is called Ask with Confidence. It's specifically for females geared towards females. Um, I only take female guests and um, it's to help women negotiate in the workplace um, and give them the confidence they need to have those difficult conversations since females tend to experience uh, slightly different uh, issues than the, our male counterparts do. So it's called Ask With Confidence. Um, go listen to it. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn uh, if you want to learn more or have questions. Um, and of course, the um, our website, AmericanNegotiationInstitute.com. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, thanks again for being here today. Thanks, Veronica. Well, that wraps up this episode of Meetups with Mediators. Let's make your next mediation your best mediation. Talk to you next time. Bye.